Welcome back to Disney Marvels for the week of January 19th, 2020. This is episode 71. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Muppets, Pixar, Fox, the parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. Whether you're planning your next Disney park vacation, cruise vacation, or you just don't know where to start, do what I do and contact the wonderful people at Destinations with Character Travel, the official travel partner of the Disney Marvels podcast. Email them now at info at destinationswithcharacter.com or visit their website, www.destinationswithcharacter.com and be sure to tell them that the Disney Marvel podcast sent you for your free gift. Stay tuned after the show to find out details. And now for the news. Disney executives have cut the word Fox from their 20th Century Fox film studio in an apparent bid to distance themselves from the operations of the previous owner and the previous company. Disney and Peter Chernin are ending Chernin Entertainment's long-standing film production deal with 20th Century Fox, rebranded 20th Century Studios. Uh, according to Variety, the split was mutual and amicable one driven by the simple fact that Disney rarely brings on third-party partners to franchise their fil featured films. Disney has also renamed Fox Searchlight Pictures. Art House arm is simply Searchlight Pictures now. Hank Azaria said he's officially stepping down as the voice of Apu on The Simpsons. In an interview, Hank Azaria said, I won't be doing the voice anymore unless there's some way to transition it or something, Azaria says in an interview with Slash Films. What they're going to do with the character is their call. It's up to them, and they haven't sorted it out yet. All we've agreed on is I won't be doing the voice anymore. Reps from the show declined to comment. Reps from Azaria did not immediately return Variety's request for comment. The world, according to Jeff Goldblum, has been renewed for a second season. Three new films have debuted in Epcot, Awesome Planet at the Land Pavilion, Canada Far and Wide, Circle Vision and Canada Pavilion, and the Beauty and the Beast sing-along in the Circle 360 Pavilion uh, Theater and the France Pavilion, which alternates with the Impressions de France show currently. We'll be back after these messages. And now, on with the show. Renee! Renee! About a year, two years ago, Pixar started an initiative to grow talent within its own organization. <clears throat> these were called the uh, Spark Shorts. Spark of Imaginations, and these are just shorts that people have stories that they want to tell. And these stories carry such messages um, that most people, I think, would find surprising that, you know, this it's an animated short. But with animation, you could do so much more. And I have the pleasure of some of these wonderful people to be joining me today. I have Erica Milsom, Chrissy uh, Cabrera. I apologize if I'm butchering either of your names. 
Um, and Michael Wirch will be coming on shortly, from my understanding. Ladies, how are you doing? Great. So excited to be on. This is Erica Milsom. And this is Chrissy Kababa. I'm uh, one of the producers of Loop, along with Michael Warsh. Oh, um, and I'm Erica. I'm the writer-director of Loop, just FYI. <laughs> You, you all had so much involved in this. Um, from my understanding, I read it, you did it in, what, five, six months? Yep. Yeah, yeah not including post. Yeah. Um, for the, anyone who's not familiar with the Pixar short loop, which is the one that these wonderful people worked on, it is the story about a young girl in a canoe who is autistic, but she's also nonverbal autistic. And a young man has to paddle her across a lake. And they're trying to communicate with each other. And it, it, it speaks volumes in different ways of trying to learn how to communicate with another human being. Um, it, not just either they can't speak, you speak different languages. Whatever the barrier is that... It just kind of it just tells you that there is such a way that you can communicate with somebody else that if you just take your time and your patience and you listen, sometimes the people who can't speak have the most to say. Oh. And they could show you show you new things that with your eyes or with your, your own voice you would never have experienced. That was a great synopsis. Thank you. <laughs> I, I love hearing that. Um it, it's the truth because the um oh my goodness i'm blanking on the the young man's name Mar marcus marcus marcus. Mm -hmm. marcus whenever he takes the moment to listen to uh renee that he starts experiencing her world and the things that bring her joy that he's never noticed before the, the simple things of the 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 little reeds and the, the grass in the on the in the lake and the, the the sounds and how sometimes something that's pleasurable in one aspect becomes so much troublesome in maybe I would dare say too loud in other aspects. Mm -hmm. um, as as I mentioned on the show before, I, I do have the um, pleasure of working with um, such uh, people and students myself in my in school that I work at and to see that how accurate your representation of um, a nonverbal autistic child um, how well you're able to represent it in the film but also when you switch perspe perspectives mm. that how you were able to tie things in um, and just kind of give give someone who's who doesn't have that experience someone that doesn't have autism maybe a glimpse of possibly what it's like for them. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just fantastic. But let me start off this way, because I, I do have some questions. Um, and I pose this to both of you, and I'll let you share. And so how long have you um, both been at Pixar? Um, I've been here, I think, I always say since Finding Nemo, um, because I can't remember the year. But I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and I track time through Pixar movies in this very weird way. But I started as an assistant editor on the studio's first like real documentary, which was called Making Nemo. So I I was uh, brought in to help make that documentary. So I think it's 2002. And FYI, Michael Warsh, our other producer, just walked Hi, in. Hi, how are hey, you? Hey, Michael, how are you doing? 
good. Sorry I'm late. Uh, I've been here about 19 years. Easy to remember because I started right when my daughter was born and she just turned 19. So. <laughs> and uh, I started on Nemo as well as a manager and I've worked my way up the, the chain of uh, producer and production management through multiple feature films. And Chrissy? Yeah. And this is Chrissy. Yeah, so I started at Pixar, I think, in uh, 2005. And uh, I've been here, obviously, since then. I, I sort of came to Pixar as a temp, actually. I was filling in for a bunch of different people who were on vacation or taking other leaves of absence. And that, you know, those little temporary gigs turned into more temporary gigs. And, you know, almost 15 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long temporary job. Yeah, <laughs> it is quite a long temporary job. But as long as the paychecks keep coming, that is okay. It's true. And, and uh, you know, obviously I get the chance to work on some amazing projects. And so that's and work with some of the most talented and caring um, folks in the business. So that is, uh, of course, an extra plus and a bonus. Oh, it, it the the work that you all do at Pixar um, has revolutionized, definitely has revolutionized um not just animation, but I, I, I would dare say filmmaking and the storytelling in so many ways. Um, I think one of the biggest credits um, that anyone has ever said is, was it the first 15 minutes of Up? Uh-huh. That, that right. alone um, takes you on such a journey emotionally, mentally, um, that there's nothing like it in filmmaking that's been done in filmmaking um i think to this point and most likely for a very long time just because of just how well done is how how well it's done and there's there's no words there's just soft music and it's just it tells so much of a story mm-hmm. um which is something that i noticed someone actually i mentioned to me because I, I i was talking to people about this short and someone said that unlike a lot of the other um shorts that were done this one has a lot of uh dialogue not yeah dialogue. i'll use dialogue i'll use the word dialogue a, a lot of um voice work in it that where a lot of the other shorts use a minimalist approach on the the voice work um it, would anyone like to comment on that sure i think when I first was conceptualizing the short, I was thinking a lot about that, that uh, mo- many of our shorts are lean into pantomime as the way that you tell the story. And I was like, well, I think pantomime, number one, it would be amazing to put that pantomime to use as its own language with a non-speaking character. Like I knew right away that I wanted to have a non-speaking character who communicated in a variety of different ways. I think the opportunity at Pixar both creatively and expressively for artists and for audiences to experience a non-speaking character who does have a lot to say with their body um, is really amazing, right? But also the opportunity within the studio, um, kind of just like in terms of the humanity of our studio to really connect with autistic people and understand the way they experience in the world and the way that communication may differ for them and to learn that as artists and as humans was just something that I really, really loved. And so for Renee, I wanted to have her have dialogue that traveled through her body in a different way, right? She has, she speaks with her gestures, with her hands, her voice. She is saying things with her vocalizations, but they are not in a language that's 
learnable. In, yeah. in, in, you can go to school and learn her language. You have to learn it as an act of, of connection, right? Which is what Marcus does through the journey. So in contrast to her being our like non-speaking character, our kind of pantomime character, I really wanted to put someone in the canoe, in this boat, who people who do use language as a tool can connect with too. So it was like, and I also just like, I'm a documentary filmmaker. I was a teacher and an after-school worker. And like, I also write fictional stories. And I feel like the way people speak and the language that they use and their character and how it comes out of their speed of talking or what they put in the space when they're uncomfortable, I really like that. So it was, yeah, it was part of my uh, journey was to figure out Marcus's voice too. And I love his voice. I think he's a really fun character and hopefully relatable to people on a lot of different levels. But yeah, that was kind of, that's, it's a good observation. Like we've had all these shorts that don't have a lot of dialogue, but um, I think just kind of the nature of this story, you needed one side to have a lot of words. So the other one would so you know, the absence of words on the other side would, would jump out at you. Yeah. um, So let me bring up Adam. Um, I'm first of all, my deepest condolences to you and your families, your Pixar family of the loss of Adam Burke. Thank you. Yeah, he's he's done a lot of great work, and he started working on this project with you guys. Um, Yeah, that's correct. So I guess whose idea was this? Yeah, that came up first of all. Erica, you was it Adam? Was it something that you just kind of both were just one day came up? Hey, wait a second, this sounds like something we could we could do. I started, I mean, the idea was mine, but I immediately uh, jumped over to start talking to Adam about story. And originally we wanted him to work in the animation department on this as the soup, but he had to step off and he gave us the amazing alley as our soup, tech, our animation soup. But so Adam and I um, sat down and I had the original pitch and the original pitch was the kids on the boat. It had like a non-speaking character. And Adam was really like part of choosing autism as the reason that that character didn't speak. You know, there's a lot of reasons that people don't speak, mm-hmm. you know, but his his interest in autism, his experience with it and his insight into the like cinematic possibilities of the autistic experience of like this different sensory experience, the different communication experience. Um, I just was listening to that and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. So we actually went through a lot of we thought through it a lot in the beginning, him and I together, like, should she see the world differently? Like, should we have a different point of view that's entirely different? Like the whole world changes when you're in her eyes or should she see him differently? Should there be another character in the boat that's who he, it means to her. It was like, it was a lot of like wild exploration. And then we kind of got down to this thing that's just a little, like a lot more naturalistic, but still has those core ideas that Adam helped me develop of like, shifting point of view, understanding a different sensory experience of the world and the cinematic possibility of that. Yeah, and, it, and, and just honestly, like he was always like an ally and advocate. He has been since I've known him. He's just such a wonderful partner who loves the idea of using this medium to tell many different stories. And um, he was so stoked. And, you know, when you're not sure if the story you're telling is one that the world will want in an animated form, it's amazing to have like a master animator at your side saying, yes, let's go for that. You know, and that yeah. was always Adam. He's just like such a brilliant creative 
partner and wonderful wonderful ally and i miss him like crazy so, oh sure yeah. let's see we lost him in what december so did, was he able to see the final product he saw almost the right chrissy do you remember it was yeah we yeah he saw it we were so close to being done we hadn't yet started post so he wasn't unfortunately able to see it with the music and and you know all the sound design but he was able to see um almost all of the beautiful work that the animation team had done so that that was a a real a real nice thing that we were that we were able to show him yeah good no, I'm not trying to bring the bring this down, but I, I definitely I would be amiss if I did not bring in his contribution to to this short. Um, Chrissy, as we were talking beforehand, that you were involved in Float, <clears throat> which yes. is another story about a a more um, artistic, I guess, design of exploring autism um, mm-hmm. and and the family structure, and. Let me put it this way. Float made me cry when I saw it. Oh, well, well I'm, I'm, it's, it's weird when people say that and you say thank you, but thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> but it, in a good way. It's definitely a good, one of those good good cries. It, it, um, mm-hmm. and I, I've gone to show in many things. And then when I was exploring Float, I learned, out, learned about Loop and it coming out, and I could not wait for this short to come out. And when I saw it, I don't take this wrong, it did not make me cry, but it did blow my mind of... Like I said, the the accuracy, the um, the storytelling methods, the this um, directional takes on it, just the the whole way that it explains two worlds, mm-hmm. um, and just like I said, just the the production value that went behind that you all put into this. Mm-hmm. Um, so two completely different responses but two amazing shorts um and i it's the fact that they're both about autism too i think is wonderful because it is something that i think people are afraid to bring into cinema not knowing how to treat it Mm -hmm. and seeing pixar being able to do stuff like this um i think just helps the conversation and the the awareness to take more of a front uh front seat and Mm -hmm. It is a shame that, unfortunately, you do have to, fortunately, unfortunately, you have to subscribe to Disney Plus to be able to experience these wonderful films, um, which just means more people need to subscribe to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wish it was in some ways easier way for me to go to my coworkers. You need to watch this. You need to watch this. Yeah. Uh, people that I know wouldn't subscribe to Disney Plus. Like, yes, you, I've, you I've been telling uh, many of my friends and relatives that, you know, there is a one week free trial, so you yep. can you can sign up and watch the shorts and then you know you and and then you during the free trial and then at least you get that so yes um so what kind of research did you did you guys have to do to be able to to create this like it's a cinematic masterpiece i think does not do it it justice but um in storytelling and just visually so what kind of research did you all have to put into this you know our first layer of research was really um well, I did a ton of research. As soon as I said this character is going to be autistic, I started. My first step was I talked to my friends who are autistic, but then I went on the internet and just started listening. And one of the powers of the autistic community that I love is that they are talking about their experience on YouTube. They're talking about their experience on Twitter. There's so much insight that autistic people 
themselves. It was funny because somebody's like, well, are you going to go the expert on autism, like a, a therapist? And I was like, no, because <laughs> I feel like it's not a story of um, diagnosis or anything like that. It's a story of point of view and experience. Mm -hmm. And actually, do you mind if I step back? Because one thing I love about Bobby's short and my short, and I really appreciate that observation, like that one made you cry and this one made you get inside the skin in a different way. And I feel like it was funny because Loop is really a slice of life story. It's really like a moment where you're in like not a tentpole moment in their life, like not the not the realization that's going to change everything about the way like Bobby's is such a tentpole moment. It's so amazing. It's like yeah. a father finally like letting go of him, his judgments that he's feeling and accepting this beautiful child for who this child is and deciding. There's not, yeah, there's nothing this, wrong with this child. Yeah, I yeah. love, I love it. And I actually love that they're paired because I do think they are. And then Loop is this like smaller day-to-day -day observation of like, how do I get through this thing that I don't know how to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's maybe not going to shift everything in their lives immediately, although arguably it might shift everything in Renee's life. Because when you are a child who is nonverbal and you, you, you forge a friendship, that is like one of the more powerful things that, or at least this is what I have heard from people. I can't say because I'm not that person, but when I was listening to people with autism, like the idea that there is a partner in their life, that there is a neurotypical kid who can take the time to see them through the hard parts and connect with them on the beauty that they experience and the way they experience life, like that is a very profound shift. So I hope that Absolutely. people have that, but I totally get it. And I really love that observation. So the research was for us had to be like going straight to autistic people. So initially it was my friend, Adrian Citron, actually Adriana Citron was one of the first people who came in and she read our first script. And it's funny because I've known her since she was born. I've watched her journey growing up. She's 19 now. And, um, but hearing her thoughts on the script were so powerful for me. It really, it like made me understand where I was getting it right. It made me understand where it might be like, maybe that's not as um, helpful for the storytelling or it doesn't reflect her experience as much. So she was the first level and she's great. And she has, a, she has like an Instagram where she talks about her, uh, her, her guide dog in autism. And I love her. She's great. So, and then, but immediately we also knew that we needed a more formal group who could help us connect with someone who was nonverbal as a child and now could speak about their experience and judge our work and make sure that we're not making mistakes that we would not be aware of because we're neurotypical filmmakers. Right. And Chris, do you want to talk about that or Michael, whoever connected with ASAN first? Yeah, I think that probably was Michael. Yes, Michael? Yeah, um, I was actually thinking more about some of the experiences we had at Common Ground where we went to observe- Or Creative Growth. Creative Growth, sorry. Um, and we interacted with all these autistic people who were taking art classes, and that's where we actually found our um, voice talent. Um, and some of the most powerful research for me was just interacting with her and her family as we did the recordings for the vocalizations, which mm -hmm. was very improvisational. Um, yeah, just, I, I was going to ask about... Um... Madison Brandy is the name, correct? Brandy. Uh, Bandy. 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 I'm sorry, I, I mistyped. Wrote the uh, the name. Um, yeah, who who voiced Renee, who is an outstanding young woman herself. So I was curious 
if she had any influence into creation of her character. So please, please um, continue. Absolutely. I mean, the the process, um, well, maybe I should back up a minute and just say how how difficult it was to convince the studio to use a autistic person to do the vocalizations versus an actress. Because um, we knew that would be hard. And to Erica's credit, she was just adamant that that was um, not not negotiable for her. Good. So we we did um, ultimately find Maddie through through this group, and um, you know it was very improvisational because we couldn't direct her in a traditional sense. We couldn't put her in a recording booth because we we sort of experimented with that, but we saw that she kind of shut down. So we had to do it in an environment where she was comfortable with her family around her, and uh, then with those vocalizations, we you know had to just figure out how to fit them in. It wasn't like we had preconceived ideas of how, how we, what we wanted to capture and how we wanted to use them. So it was a very fluid improvisational process. And that was research in and of itself, just observing how she interacted with her family and in settings where she was comfortable. And it was really interesting to see how Erica warmed up to her and um, how playful she was with Maddie. And that, that I think really broke the ice. And it was just interesting to really observe that dynamic. It was super fun. It's funny because I always, I feel like, you know, people are like, oh, somebody said the other day, oh, you were so patient. And I'm like that, if these guys know, if there's anything that I'm not, it's patient. I'm not a patient. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always like excited to get to the next thing and work together. And I feel like with Madison, she was too. And like, we just needed to learn how to adapt our traditional process. And, you know, luckily I'm a documentarian. So I know about just hanging out and doing verite collection of footage. And this, in this case, it was audio, but then, and then improvisational stuff. I've worked a lot with actors and I love improv, which we did with Maddie and then some scripted stuff, which is just directing her. Like, here's the, here's the ringtone. Let's sing it many, many times until we get these different, you know, we get a kind of little pained, uncomfortable iteration of it into like a happy singing of it to, you know, something that is like a, you know, a, a little celebration of the connection. And so she was really, she was super fun to work with. It was really interesting. Oh, wow. That, that is a, a great story. Um, whenever I found out that you didn't just have someone making noises, that it was actually someone who is a nonverbal autistic person vocalizing a, a, this non-autistic person, I just, again, goes to the credit of the work, the level of detail put behind uh, something, it's, I think the runtime is what, not even 11 minutes, 11 minutes with credits. Uh, and it, but you're willing to put that kind of work behind it. And it is just um, so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just, again, just makes me, moves me even more. It just blows, literally blows my mind. Um that you're willing to put this kind of production value into something like this. Um, like I said, the, the visual styles, um, you know, the, the, at least to me, it seemed like there was a slightly different filter uh, put up to the camera, whatever you were doing it from Renee's perspective. Um, you had like her little social tics with her hand uh, and, and just the, the love of the, the, the ringtone. Um, yeah. It, it's interesting. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, it, it was just, um, I, I, 
I mean, I'm not an expert by any means, but to me, it just seemed like you guys just hit everything as right as possible. Thank you so much. And it's interesting because I think Renee's point of view was this deep collaboration between our, um, you know, our animators, our voice talent, and uh, lighting, camera, and sound. You know, in each case, they added on. It's like this is one of those beautiful Pixar things where you take an idea and it, and it walks through the animation process, which is very layered, right? Like nobody's working at exactly the same moment. But I think they're all trying to up the ante on expressing that idea. And so like the sound design is so beautiful on if you just kind of go through and listen to it and think about like how Renee's point of view, how her sensory experience of the world is expressed just sonically. I love it. I love yes. the sound design on that. Yes. And that, you know, the guy who makes that Kenny Pickett is wonderful. And he, he told me the other day, he's like, that's, I'm most proud of that film. That's my most proud moment so far in my career. And I was like, yes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then, but then camera work. I mean, Sylvia, do you want to talk about Sylvia, Chrissy, for a moment? Sylvia and Danielle and that collaboration across camera? Sure. Yeah, this is Chrissy. So I, I think what Erica is getting at is, is absolutely correct in that so many of the people who worked on Loop really, really did a lot of research and a lot of deep thinking about how best to express Renee's point of view. So in the case of camera with our um, uh, director of photography and layout, um, Sylvia Wong, she really um, spent a lot of time thinking about, well, if we're seeing it the, if we're seeing things from Marcus's point of view, we're going to use a very traditional camera style. But if we're seeing things from Renee's point of view, you know, she's going to be avoiding eye contact almost all the time. She's going to be, you know, looking at things that she finds pleasure in and probably trying to avoid things that she finds stressful. So the camera moves in a way that that is not traditional for um, that you see in film. And same thing with lighting, you know, um, when we're looking through Marcus's point of view, it's a much more traditional lighting setup. But when we're looking from Renee's point of view, we're, we're trying to we're trying to experience the world from a slightly different way. And uh, the consultants that we um, we collaborated with from the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network were instrumental in helping us develop the the look of Renee's point of view. We, we actually showed them several different lighting tests and they were able to give us their feedback on which ones they felt were most stressful and which ones they felt were most relaxing. And we use that information when creating Renee's point of view from a lighting standpoint. Yeah. Um, like I said, it comes across well. The, and the, the sound thing, I, I um, from my limited research about how just pretty much it's everything is full blown. There's no real focusing in on one sound and, and you were able to capture that uh, um He's able to capture that by just pretty much all sound is rushing right at you. Um, so trying to be able to pick out one person's voice over the sound of the car versus the, the rippling of the water and the, the wind. Um, like I said, to me, it sounded like it, should, it was spot on. That, that's the how I think, from again, from my what I've heard, um, the way that it, it is interpreted or heard, they hear things, uh, we're able to hear things. And that it gives us an experience of being able to hear something like that, because that's something that most people just can't grasp. Like, well, you know, you, you think you could, okay, just uh, hear one sound, but, or block out the, the sounds, but some people just can't, they just, everything, they hear everything. And it, it's not something that is easy to deal with. Right. It's um, a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot coming at you. Um, 
So, again, I can't see my praises about this. I guess if you guys were able to say something that you took away, each one of you personally from this um, project, um, what is it? Michael, I guess we'll start with you since. Um, well, just from observing Erica and interacting with Maddie, I think it made me understand a little more how to interact and relate to autistic people and that it takes a lot of patience and it's a slower process. So it, it made me less um, fearful of it. Maybe not fearful, but um, a little more understanding of how to um, develop a relationship with uh, folks like that. So that was probably the biggest takeaway for me is to um, to want to put in the time to, to, to establish that relationship and see that it's really possible. But it's it's uh, something that takes, takes work and uh, some, some understanding on your part. Chrissy? Yeah. And yeah, for, for me, this is Chrissy. I, I think there's a couple things that I take away. One, I, I do think um, for me, while, while we were making the film, the thing that seemed most important was just that learning how to communicate different from you takes patience. And But yet that the reward is worth it. That I think that being able to reach out to someone who thinks differently from you or is different from you in, in, in a certain way is really a worthwhile um, experience and something that I think we can all be better at. So that's one thing. Since the film has come out, I also have um, realized how important it is for people who are underrepresented on the screen to see themselves on screen. We've been getting so much positive feedback from folks who are or folks who have an autistic sibling or child or, or relative or friend. And just um, to see how people... Um, have reacted to um, being portrayed on screen in a small way that might relate to their own experience has been really powerful. So that's, those are the two things that I say uh, I'm taking away from this experience. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think in the end for me, there's two takeaways as well. Like the first takeaway is just like, I feel so grateful. Uh, it's like I got to learn a wonderful new language and have a conversation with a group of people I would have never met, you know, through this project, that learning about autism, being able to listen to so many autistic people share their experiences, and really diving into the specifics of it, versus kind of this overarching, like, I experienced the world differently. I'm like, what does that actually mean? How does that feel? How does it look? That is, um, you know, as, as just a human and a, a creator, that is the most exciting thing there is to me is like finding a connection, you know, through work that expands your worldview is like amazing. And that just now I feel like I have this community that I'm in conversation with uh, that feels seen, which is really, really powerful that they feel seen and feel excited, you know. Um, but I also feel like getting to see them was so powerful for me as a neurotypical person. Like that yeah. is amazing. And then the second half of like my takeaway is just how um, joyful it was. And I hope it continues to be to work in animation. Like it's a form that I had quote unquote studied. Like I've been making documentaries about animation for 15 years, you know, like <laughs> I would know a lot about it. And Who I, is Cruz Ramirez and what yeah. is a Pixar short? I, I love Cruz Ramirez. I like our, you know, Cruz doc is great. But to be able to like work collaboratively with all the filmmakers here and craft this little story and that, that idea of layering upon like ex their talent and experience and insight and aesthetics, um, 
it was just like, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I went from admiring the craft of animation to loving it and wanting to make more because I feel like it's a, I feel like I, I'm, I'm now a person who can work in, to tell those stories in that medium. And that is really a weird and interesting turnover, right? So I had like both kind of my, my personal things that I take away. And then professionally, it was just really, really cool to move from being an observer to an actor in this beautiful, beautiful medium. So there okay. we go. Pete, Pete Doctor, if you're listening, um, Erica, keep bumping her up. Keep moving. Give her bigger projects. <laughs> Yeah, I said. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And Chrissy and Michael too. I mean, yes. I, it wasn't by accident. I, 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 I believe in my heart of hearts. Nothing happens by accident. There, there's a reason things happening, and the, the reason that you guys came together to be able to tell this story, and then the way that you did it. Um, I hope the world stands up and takes notice. I hope the powers that be. Um, I will go as far as say the, the the academies, the Golden Globes, all of them should take notice and pay respect to this this film um, because it it like I said it before, it gives a voice to people who who unfortunately for one reason or another don't have one. Um, it speaks a message that the world needs to hear as far as communicating between just people. Um, and Erica, I think even beyond, you know, you know, might change Renee's life. I think it actually even changed Marcus's life because, you know, at the beginning he said, you know, oh, do I have to be with her? She's strange. And then your little snippet at the end, the little payoff at the end, um, it shows how, even though he's not on screen, it shows how it changed his world. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That did not go unnoticed by me. Um, and um yeah it if again i can't speak enough that if the, you the listener has not seen loop yet go take the 10 minutes and watch it or 11 minutes so that way you get the payoff at the end um and and watch this this beautiful film and sit down and really take it in it, it is something that the more you watch it the more that you you keep picking up about it there's just so many um, little details and just um, little tweaks that you may not notice the first, the second, or even the third time because I've, I've, I think I've watched it about five times now. Um, first time I watched it, I, I immediately uh, contacted Erica and asked if you could be on this show, if you'd be willing to come on this show. And you were gracious enough to say yes. And uh, and then Chrissy and uh, Michael, you guys came, uh, wanted to be on part of it too. Um, so thank you very much for joining me to talk about this. Thank you, man. It is yes. uh, Thank you, you guys so are much. Thank this you. was a great conversation. Yeah. Yes. Matthew. I'm sorry. I have to go to a recording session for go another ahead. documentary, Matthew. I'm going to miss you. Go ahead. I, I'm going to miss you. I like. I, I think I told you guys I have to bring my daughter to her rehearsal, so I, I do have to uh, say goodbye. But please, listeners, join in and let us know what you think of this. And um, please spread the word about what Pixar is doing because – they are producing some of the most fabulous things in under half an hour. So um, thank you very much. And uh, we'll go from there. All right. I'd like to thank 
Erica, Chrissy, and Michael for joining me again on the show. I, I can't thank them enough for taking time out of their busy schedules. Chrissy was not even actually at the studio. She was traveling, and she took the time out of her travels to be able to join us on the show. I cannot thank them enough um, for sharing their thoughts, their time, their talents, uh, and to talk about this this piece of art that they created what did you think of loop have you seen loop or have you seen a this this spark shorts and what are your takes on them um let us know we i'm really curious to to get your uh, your input on that join the conversation on facebook facebook.com slash disney marvels podcast again that's facebook.com slash disney marvels podcast or on the twitter at disney marvels again the twitter handle is at disney marvels you can also email the show with your answers or suggestions to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Again, the show's email address is DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message through the Anchor website and app. There's links to all these in the show notes. I want to thank you again for your time. I know how little time we all have these days. You included. And how busy life is, how crazy this is. You know, every day something's running about. Someone's taking you, have to take you here, have to run there, have to go here, grocery shopping, and there's a line 20 people deep. The fact that you take in a little bit of that time that you don't have to listen to me means so much that I don't think I could ever express how much it means to me that you are listening and that you're, you're enjoying the show. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, let other people know. Tell other people. You know, check out this show, Disney Marvels, to get people from Pixar on, ESPN, all different type of topics. Check them out. Or if you don't want to tell people in person, go online. Go to iTunes and find Disney Marvels and leave a review because that will do so much for the show. It really, I can't express how much that would help the show by leaving a review on iTunes. Um, it helps the show get noticed by other people. Um, so don't forget to subscribe to the show while you're on iTunes or whatever whatever way that you access the show. And this way you always know when a new episode is posted. Or you could um, also consider becoming a premium subscriber to the show. Help the show out that way. This way uh, it just keeps the lights on and helps help some of the cost in, in getting the uh, things done and taken care of. You can do this over at anchor.fm slash Disney Marvels slash support. Again, that's over at anchor.fm slash Disney Marvels slash support. Because remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. And next time you're planning your next vacation to wherever, do what I do. Contact Destinations with Character Travel. It's a Disney earmarked agency specializing in Disney cruises, uh, resort vacations, and they're in the business of making your dreams come true. They're made up of past cast members, annual pass holders, lifelong Disney fans, world travel enthusiasts. They're in the know regarding all aspects of your travel. Whether your travels are taking you to Disney parks, on an ocean cruise, or a sunny resort stay. They have the destinations and the service level to make your vacations truly a magical one. Find out how they take the stress and hassle out of your vacation so you can enjoy yourself. 
book a Disney five night package with a four day hopper uh, with them and you get a free 25 Disney gift card just by mentioning our podcast. That's what I was alluding to at the beginning of the show. Get free $25 gift card by just mentioning the Disney Marvel's podcast. Contact them now at destinationswithcharacter.com or email them info at destinationswithcharacter.com. Their information is available also in the show notes. Whatever you're facing out there, whatever troubles may bother you, whatever walls may seem to be up in front of you, don't forget that you are worth it, that there is a light inside of you that is waiting to shine and to brighten up your life, brighten up other people's lives. But don't worry about the other people. Think about how you are worth it, how you are special, how you are important. No, no matter what someone may tell you, whatever you may feel, there is a purpose for you. A purpose that you may not see right this moment, right this second. Maybe not even the next week or two. But believe me, there is a purpose out there for you. There is something that you are going to do that may have a profound effect on one or more people that will change someone's life. Your light is brighter than anyone, than anything possible, any other light out there. Never give up, never give in, and be your own hero. I'm going to end this week with a quote from Walt Disney. We have taken a new look at our world of nature and humans with the questioning cameras, discarding some ancient myths and adding dimensions to our scope of interest in the minds and hearts of people. The sciences, medicine, psychology, and others have taken their place alongside the arts, the romantic and fantastic in common human interests. We We seek to estimate the future and its bearing on our existence as we, as well as dwell fondly on the past or indulge escapist dreams. And that's from Walt Disney. Thank you again for listening, everyone, and I'll see you next time.